Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Kicking it off on a Thursday. That's right. Boy, we're already to Thursday. I have no idea how that happened, but here we are. John Grayson here with you as the midday show begins. Wink Starrett again, kind enough to stop by and hang out with us for a little bit on the broadcast. Wink, how are you? Mighty fine, although you said already Thursday. Yeah, I this, this- week... Has this been a, a slower one for you? This this one's been crawling like a slug, man. <laughs> well, maybe it's your presence here on the show that's making it go so quick every morning for me. Because so, by the time Thank 11 you. o'clock hits, I'm like, wow, where'd that go? Uh, but yes, we, we've got a bunch to accomplish here on the program today. A couple of guests who are going to be joining us throughout the show. We'll tell you about one of them here in just a little bit. But we're going to kick off with a look at what's coming up early next year. As you know, we get into the middle of January and it's time for the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and again, it's going to be a massive blowout, and we're lucky enough to have from the Consumer Technology Association, the CTA, Brian Comiskey is here with us to do a little preview of what we're going to see. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to join, and yeah, I can't believe it's already Thursday. <laughs> good. It's good to know at least a couple of us are on the same page with that. So we, before we get into what we're, we're talking about with Consumer Electronics Show, let's do a little background on the Consumer Technology Association. Who are you, and what do you do? Yeah, of course. As the largest North American uh, trade association for the technology sector, our members represent, you know, every company from the startup level all the way to, you know, the large firms that power your day-to-day life in technology. We really work as a convener to make sure that we're coming together and we're pushing innovation forward that benefits uh, the consumer and, and the overall ecosystem in technology. That's going to be a go ahead, Wink. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, it seems like with the Consumer Electronics Show every year, there's kind of an unofficial theme. There's one sector that kind of takes over. Uh, what can we anticipate being the biggest thing or the biggest sector this coming show? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't think it's going to be surprised, but artificial intelligence is going to have a major presence on the show floor. And that's really because when you think about technology in the verticals, right? When you think uh, smart cars, um, smart home, video gaming, digital health, these are all industry verticals that are technologies in their own right that are advanced. But artificial intelligence is a technology that's sort of horizontal, right? It cuts across every industry vertical to improve its performance, efficiency, and just make things move more optimally. So when you think about uh, the show, AI is going to play a big role, but I will say it's going to be a huge tent show across our enterprise, consumers, markets, and even uh, the retail sector. So it's always a big tent. 
Yeah, you know, that's, it's a fascinating thing, too, because I learned this week from listening to our morning show that uh, there's a big push now in technology as far as AI is concerned, because we're still kind of playing with this thing and figuring out, you know, what is it and what's it going to be able to do for us to make things, you use the word smooth, and that's a perfect one to use, that eventually the tech, the idea is for the technology to just follow us around. Like it's always there over our shoulder, so it'll be a smooth experience from your smart fridge telling you what to order to when you get in the car and all of that, to have all of these technologies talk to each other in the background so that we never realize how much of that communication is going on. We just ask for something and it happens. How close are we to that world? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's one of those, this is an evolutionary sort of tech uh, way, right? Technology can be both revolutionary, evolutionary, where it takes a massive leap or it's iterative. I think really over the next decade, you're going to see AI really start to become, and I like where your frame uh, honing in on the smooth, it's about becoming almost like a sidekick, right? It's supposed to help us eliminate a lot of ways the drudgery in our day-to-day life and allow us as humans to be able to explore that creativity. And so that's something you've seen on the show floor in the past at CES, but really going to come to life in software solutions, hardware solutions like smart fridges, even your car or even your wearables um, and how are they going to improve that day-to-day life? So really in a lot of ways, either a sidekick or a co-bot, if you will. How close are we to that? Is it to the stage now where the the bugs are just being ironed out and that sort of thing? Or are we still quite a ways off? I mean, I think with anything, we're looking to the future of where that iteration will go. And as I said, it's really watching it over the next decade. But I can't stress enough how much the technology behind, and you know, we've been focusing on chat GPT a lot uh, because of the large language models behind it. What makes it so revolutionary and why it's caused a lot of excitement is in the past, when you think about AI or robotics or any sort of automation, it's input output, right? I put in program and input and the, I'll get the output that I want from the task. So think of like a Roomba, right? Whenever a Roomba was going across the floor, sometimes it would encounter a stock and eat it, right? Over time, you had to program it and redo it to ensure that it didn't uh, eat the sock. Generative AI and the large language models behind it allows a device like a Roomba robot or any other to be able to create a solution and solve it in real time. That's the next step. So that's where there's so much excitement this year because we might be able to get beyond the A to B sort of input output to the A to B through X, Y, and Z. And that's why we're in an exciting time. That's good, yeah, because I've lost enough socks over the years. If it's not the dryer stealing them, it's the Roomba. So if you can stop that for me, I'll be a happy guy. Brian Kaminsky <laughs> is here with us from the Consumer Technology Association. This is where, though, things get complicated because when you talk about making that smooth and those communication lines, there are so many companies that are competing to be able to run that. Apple would say, we want to do it. And then Amazon would say, no, no, we want to do it. And Google would say, no, no, we want to do it. Is there is there one standard? Is it going to be possible for there, for there to be one standard for that communication, no matter whose devices you have to hook to each other? Well, I guess that's always a conversation in the industry at large. And, and CES certainly is a platform where all these companies come together, not just to showcase, their innovations and their products on the show floor. But the average executive at CES has 29 meetings over those uh, four days. So they're not just meeting with media, but they're meeting with other industry leaders to discuss major topics like this. And I'd also wouldn't want to forget that the Consumer Technology Association, part of our job is we have a 
very robust standards division whose whole job is convening our members and other leaders in the tech industry to figure out exactly how do you create baseline standardization materials for how certain technology operates. In fact, if you look last year at CES, we talked a lot about the new Matter protocol, which was how do you get smart home devices like a smart thermostat or a smart light or your smart TV that come from maybe different manufacturers? Well, they should be able to interop, be interoperable and communicate a lot better. So that Matter standard was unveiled, and now you're starting to see the first generation of products that are following that. So I'd expect something similar to occur in the AI field, and and that's something where CTA has really taken a great leadership role in with our, our working groups and some of our other responsible AI initiatives. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those conversations continue to shape up over the next uh, few years. You touched on it a second ago, and I want to kind of circle back to it. You mentioned all the meetings that the average exec goes to while they're at uh, CES. And that's something that a lot of people don't think about because they hear about the cool stuff that's on display. You mentioned the meetings. What all is happening while this is going on? Yeah, of course. So I think for context, let's look at it by the numbers. You know, it's almost about 2.4 million net square feet of space at, uh, for CES, right? So we're not only at the Las Vegas Convention Center, we're also at the Venetian Expo, we're at the Aria, the Cosmo, the Wynn, in all these locations across Vegas to showcase you know, all this different technology. So when you're doing it, you have all these exhibits, but then there's also robust conference paneling. So sessions, day-long tracks where folks can see industry leaders, government officials, and other analysts go on stage and talk about some of the key issues defining their moments. Um, but then, of course, there's meeting rooms that we have where investors, media, and other sort of private audiences, that's where folks can meet and really exchange those ideas, figure out what's going on next in their space. It really is. This is the serendipity of meeting in person because you can plan all these meetings all you want out, but still be surprised by what you're going to see on the show floor. I've been at CTA for over four years, and I, and my job as a futurist is to predict what we're going to see at the show floor and how it's going to unfold. And I'm always surprised. And I think that's what brings me back to CES and I think brings so many other folks back. It's that serendipity. Definitely. And the Consumer Electronics Show, again, going on in Las Vegas from January 9th through the 12th of next year. So we'll be keeping track of all of the developments there as well. Let's get into talking about a little of the fun stuff. Let's talk about some of the toys and some of the, and when I say toys, I mean, you know, those that are uh, utilities as well, but are also in that sort of futuristic category where we look at that and go, wow, I can't believe I can do that now. What are the cool things that you're looking forward to seeing unveiled at CES? Yeah, of course. Um, so it's a wide range, right? It's, again, that big tent. So in my mind, um, some of the things that I've been tracking down and excited about is we're looking at a desktop 3D printer that can enable personalized medicine dispensing, right? So it can be on your desktop and print out the prescriptions you have. That, to me, is a sign of the future, but also, right, that solves a need and a problem. Um, and that's something that it's taken quite seriously at CES when you think we've partnered again with the United Nations and the World Academy of Art and Sciences around human securities for all, which supports what you would consider human rights around technology playing a role in that. So that's one that comes to mind. I'm looking forward to, there's a, a pair of um, basically like, think about smart glasses that can be prescription, but they have open ear technologies that can help essentially fill the gap of traditional hearing aids. When you think about standards, something that CTA was proud to play a role in was getting over-the-counter hearing aids um, established in the last year so more people can get access to their you know, better ear health 
Um, but beyond that, uh, some of the other things that really stand out and pop to me is we expect to see um, a, a product that converts sound waves into energy, uh, electrical energy. Another one is um, also a essentially a land-to-air flying car. So usually you see those takeoff sort of drones um, that are called electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, what we would call flying cars. Well, this year we're expecting to see one that you could actually drive on the road before you take off from the highway to the skyway. I want that now. <laughs> well, that sounds great. And, and we're going to point folks to CTA, the Consumer Technology Association. How do we find it and what kind of things can we learn before CES happens by going to the website? Yeah, of course. So if you want to know more about Consumer Technology Association and our work on that front, that's cta.tech. Um, if you want to know more about the research, which uh, I happen to be a part of that department, you can go to cta.tech/research. If you want to know more about CES, you're going to go to ces.tech. There you'll find a robust catalog of all of our sessions for conference programming, our exhibitor directory to see who's showcasing, which you can filter by category or keyword, and then from there get information about registration if you are interested in going. Uh, so we, you know. And, of course, happy to answer questions as they come in, too. So we're just really excited for the show to be ramping up. You know, 130,000 people are expected to be there with over 3,500 exhibitors. It's going to be an incredible conference. Fantastic. Well, if you find yourself with a free five minutes while it's going on, feel free to get back in touch with us. We'd love to have you back. And again, that's uh, Brian Comiskey with the Consumer Technology Association. And one last, Brian, if you happen to run into the guy who finally forced the iPhone to go with a USB-C, can you shake his hand for me, please? I'm, I'm re- I can't tell you how happy I am about that. Uh, have a great time at the show. And thank you so much for joining us here on the broadcast. Of course. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And a lot of people there, I'll try to find them for you. <laughs> you got it. Thanks a lot for being with us. Oh, man, I don't know about you, Wake. Every year I, I sit there and watch some of the releases that are coming out of the, the Consumer Electronics Show and just sit here with, with my jaw on the table in front of me going, really, we can do that now? Mm-hmm. It really is impressive. And to me, it's one of the few highlights of a time on the calendar that is otherwise very drab. Definitely. Well, and in Las Vegas, of course, being Las Vegas every year at the same time that the Consumer Electronics Show is going on at the very same hotel in a different ballroom is the Adult Entertainment Expo. So that's correct. Yes. <laughs> so I wonder if you can get a pass for both, you know, like the Disney um, Park passes where you can go to water, you can go to Epcot and Disney World. A lot of people get passes for both. In fact, a friend of mine one year went to CES and on the floor of of the expo, he bumped into wearing badges for both events, Herbie Hancock. Wow. Okay. I I can't even imagine what why he might have had exhibits at both, but we'll leave it. Oh up. no, no, we'll he didn't have exhibits at both. He was just wandering oh, both he, show floors. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I will never forget uh, a friend of mine years ago who now is a, a sort of a parody country act, um, was a reporter, was a technology reporter with current TV. And went went to cover the Consumer Electronics Show, but also wandered over and ended up interviewing a guy in a in a full head to toe leather bunny suit about <laughs> about about politics, and it was gold. It was absolute comedy gold. Wink staring alongside John Grayson here with you as we continue on through this early. Uh, what is it again? Oh yeah, that's right. It's a Thursday morning on ninety eight one KMBZ.
1024, just a few minutes before the bottom of the hour. John Grayson here with you, Wink Starrett alongside. And, uh, yeah, I, I put up an article on your morning show thread this morning and got an interesting response from you because it was about my my one and only celebrity nemesis. And I use the term celebrity loosely, but, um, yeah, there was an article that crossed yesterday. I happen to see this. There there was a uh, an advertisement that popped up while Jen and I were watching something on the on the one of the streaming services about there being yet another Santa Claus C L A U S E movie the Tim Allen franchise that uh, I believe it's already dropped but the article that I saw yesterday was from his co-star in the movie who did not have anything whatsoever kind to say about him or her time working with Tim Allen. Uh, this is Casey Wilson that we're talking about, who's the co-star in The Santa Clauses. And I said, boy, I feel so vindicated because I've been telling people for 20 years now what a horrible human being Tim Allen actually is. Mm -hmm. And your response was, was he a jerk to you too? <laughs> so I've got to know uh, what, what happened. He was... He was not a jerk to me. Okay. All I've right. never I've never had interactions with him, but I have heard from a catalog of people yeah. that Tim Allen was a jerk to them. And I've never heard anyone ever come to his defense. No, it, and it's funny. I mean, there there are uh, you know, over over the course of time and certainly over the course of my career and the the last job that I had where you know it was syndicated for a while, I've done I don't know how many hundreds of interviews and I know you have as well. And, mm -hmm. and there was a time, th thankfully, you know, I've gotten several very kind things that have been said on the text line and in emails and things about some of the interviews we've done. We're going to do another one later on. Pete Evick is going to join us. But uh, uh, there was a time early on in my career where I was terrible at them. I mean, absolutely terrible. I was like the worst interviewer you have ever heard in your life. I just didn't know how to do it. And it takes practice. So there were all kinds of reasons early on why somebody that I was interviewing could have been a jerk to me saying, do you even know what you're doing or something like that? But, but none of them ever did. I've had nothing but almost nothing, but really positive experiences with famous people and people like the, the gentleman we just talked to from the CTA. Uh, it's been great. And then there was Tim Allen and it's, <laughs> he, he, he was so needlessly awful. And that's the thing that Casey Wilson seems to indicate in this article, that, that he was so needlessly horrible to everyone around him, didn't mm -hmm. look anybody in the eye. As soon as the cameras stopped rolling, just, you know, shed his Santa Claus garbage, just walked off without saying anything to anybody, stomping around the set, just being a jerk. Didn't he, wasn't the quote from him whenever he was done, didn't he just say, leaving? Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was leaving. And then just walked out the door. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, and it's so senseless and needless because you don't have to be like that to the people you work with. Mm -hmm. I just, I never was able to understand that. And, and thankfully, like I said, most of the folks who, uh, who we've featured here on the program in earlier times have been just absolutely wonderful. There was a guy, uh, and I'm going to have to look his name up. He wrote a book called The Opening Act. And he was one of these guys that you and I never see on TV. That when they shoot a show in front of a live audience, whether it's a late night talk show or when they used to shoot like comedies in front of a live studio audience, they'll have a guy come out and do a few minutes of comedy to just kind of warm up the audience and get them up for it and get them all geared up. And this guy said the only time he was ever fired from a job was as the warm up act 
for home improvement. And Tim Allen had him fired when he, the opening act, started getting bigger laughs than Tim did while they were filming the show. So he had the guy canned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Why am I not surprised by that? I know. It's it's strange, but I mean, I guess in any industry, you're going to run into people like that. Um, you know, you know, no matter what you do, I'm sure every office has that person that everybody just dreads it when they walk in the door. And yeah, you just have to sit back and wonder why. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Still. Well, and and every rate, I, I must say we are very fortunate to have the assortment of people working on this radio station that we do. Sure. Because it is. This radio station is very much the exception. I would tell you almost every radio station has that one person, too. Yeah. And I don't really feel like we have that one person working at this radio station. Right. Yeah. I mean, that personality. Let's just call him. Oh, to pull a name out of this guy, Mark Reardon. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Every radio station that I've ever ever worked for, to varying degrees. I mean, some of them are just horrible and some of them are just giant egos. So it's like, oh, I'm just better than everybody else here. That's usually what it comes down to, even if it's not directly that. Yes. But yeah, you're right here. I mean, I've, I've had zero and, and it's I mean, there's a lot of radio stations in this building. So it's not even just here at KMBZ. The guys over on 610. Wonderful guys. You know, yeah, bend over backwards for you. And well, loud. But other than that, they're great. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. There's a parable in this somewhere. Just be cool to the people you work with. It'll it'll work out well for you in the end. We'll take a brief time out on that. We'll do some more talking after the bottom of the hour. John Grayson here with you. Just remember that while you're watching that stupid Christmas movie. Uh, John Grayson here with you. Winks there alongside. More to come after traffic and weather on 98.1 KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 1035. John Grayson here with you. Wink Starrett alongside from Kansas City's Morning News. And thank you again, man, for hanging out with us for a little while uh, on the program today and, uh, and all week long so far. 
Really I always it. appreciate getting an opportunity to do this. This is not work for me. This is playtime. Yeah. So every time I get a chance to do this, I greatly appreciate well, it. Thank you very much. And if you want in on the broadcast, 913-586-7798. We're going to skip to the phones here real quick. Uh, we've got a few more things to get into, uh, but Fred in KCK wanted to chime in. Hey, Fred. Hey, John. Hey, I'm with you. I never laughed once at home improvement. I, I don't find the guy funny. I tried. <laughs> You got to interview the greatest lyricist and bassist in the history of rock, Caesar Butler, and that was a great interview. Thank so you. You're you're spot on, buddy. All right, hey, uh, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks very much, Fred. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, Geezer was here with us. Uh, oh, I don't know, a month or two ago, and that was probably our second or third conversation over time. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, as far as the the like celebrity interviews have gone, uh, Wink, I know that that's not what happens a lot on the morning show, but you've done them. I have. Are there yeah. are there favorites of yours? Things that stick out? <sighs> favorites that stick out to me as far as interviews I've done. You know, honestly, the the one that stuck out the most to me was. Uh, a rap artist. This goes back to my music radio days. Yeah. I interviewed a, a rap artist by the name of Kaya. Um, she is best known for the 2002 hit, My Neck, My Back, which is filthy. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Um, and she was the sweetest, nicest, most kind and um, proper person I could have ever imagined. And we had the best time talking for about 15 minutes one day surrounding this one hit song of hers and her story getting there. And it was, it was great. Um, that was one of the first interviews I ever did. And it was fabulous. That's cool. Yeah. It's funny that the, the rap and hip hop artists generally tend to be really, really good interviews. One of the best ones that, that I can remember, the one that just had me laughing through the entire thing was Luther Campbell, who also went by Luke Skywalker from two live crew back in the That's day. That's right. Up yeah. until he got sued by George Lucas. Whoops. Uh, seems like they had a copyright on that name, but yeah, he was absolutely wonderful. And yeah, there, there've been so many that, you know, you get done and think, I mean, even yesterday when, when we got word that Norman Lear had died and I remembered, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I talked to him a few years ago and went back and listened through to that. It gets to the point where you almost forget sometimes. And then sure. you listen back and go, wow. I, I remember when that finished thinking, boy, that was great. You know who else, in fact, from that same ilk, and it turned out that we had a connection. He was at uh, the Air Force Base, Scott Air Force Base, which at the time was Scott Army Air Corps Base during World War II, uh, doing training at the same time as my grandfather. And it turns out they probably were in the same barracks together. was Carl, wow. Carl Reiner. Really? Um, and he was, th again, the sweetest guy um, and incredibly I've funny heard as well. I mean, just completely engaging. But, yeah, it's, it's funny. You know, the, these names, a lot of them – over time that, that, you know, I grew up buying tickets to go see <laughs> eventually became guests on the show. And, mm -hmm. and believe me, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent of the time as big a kick for me as you would think it would be listening to it, or at least I hope it is listening to it. I'm just the goof who gets to sit here and ask him stupid questions. Right. You're the one who's like, Ooh, you mean I can actually interview this guy? I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's almost like the character that, uh, Oh, what was his name? Tommy boy. Um, Oh, 
His name Chris is Farley. yeah, Chris Farley. Thank you. When, uh, the the character that he used to play on Saturday Night Live, where he'd say, you know, look, when he did the Paul McCartney thing, he'd say, "Did you know you used to be a Beatle?" Oh, stupid, stupid, stupid. You know, you feel like that. It's it's the total imposter syndrome. Do you guys have mm-hmm. a bucket list interview like somebody you? Oh have, yeah. like like you had a tier list of guys you wanted to interview that you either have gotten to or haven't yet. Yes, uh, Wink. Do you? I mean, is is there somebody out there? Hmm. You know, I've never been I've never gotten that question before. <laughs> so I've never really thought about it. Usually I just take it as it comes as far as yeah. interviews go. Um, so I've never really thought about it that much. I I mean, it, in the music realm, if I could if I could interview Stevie Nicks, I think I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Uh, it j- just even being at the concert and breathing the same air as Stevie Nicks is is a thrill. Right. Um, I, I did that just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I went up to Minneapolis. She's when she was playing there. Oh yeah, she's great. We saw her uh, probably four or five years ago, and uh, and it was one of those. Did she was she just doing a concert, or was it the concert and storytelling thing? It was just the concert because it was the split bill with Billy Joel. Oh, okay. Uh, that, right. That they were doing. You know, they were here this past summer. I didn't want to go because it was a thousand degrees. I thought, why don't I wait until the weather's a little cooler? It's an indoor stadium in Minneapolis. It's not that far. I'll run up to Minneapolis and go to the show there in the fall. And so that's what I did a few weeks ago. And she was magnificent yeah when we saw her she was the headliner and so she took a lot of time to tell stories about the old days tell stories about where the origins of some of the songs came from and then perform the songs and it was brilliant i mean you never got to the point where you were going yeah 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 okay just play the song will you it was the stories were fantastic so yeah she's an incredibly incredibly talented person what i did not know that i learned at that concert was that the song Stand Back is a ripoff to her. I mean, this is her words, not mine, of Little Red Corvette. Oh, yeah. Well, and Prince did the synthesizer on it. Yes. And and she told that story that he showed up in a purple Camaro. (laughs) I mean, because (laughs) because of course he did. Mm -hmm. Showed up at the the studio in a purple Camaro to take part in that song. So, yeah, there are some great ones. And for me... Simply because I've been a fan since I, I even knew what bands were um, of the Kinks, that Ray Davies is on that list for me. But I have a friend who interviewed him and said, if you ever get the chance to interview Ray Davies, make sure you don't do it live because he will drop every F-bomb, like all of them. He, Whoops. he does not care. So <laughs> so I think if, it, if that ever does happen, yeah, it's going to take some uh, some really skillful editing to get the thing ready for air. I'll take care of it, Colin. Don't worry. <laughs> Poor guy sitting over there going, not not again. You're not going to do this to me. Shaking hand over the dumb button. <laughs> yes. Sweat running down my face. Um, but yeah, I, uh, comedians, actors, uh, I think Patton Oswalt. Um, would be wonderful. He I, would be really entertaining. I've I've, I've yes. met him, but never had the opportunity to sit down and, and have a conversation with him. But maybe one day. I always hated doing interview segments with comedians because I felt like everything that I did was either stepping on a joke or trying to expand on a joke too long. Yes, or setting one up. It's like, yeah, I, I try... That's funny you should say that because I I found that a little tiresome as well after a time. So what I started trying to do was never 
never get them into their act. Because I think that's what everybody tries to do is it's like, hey, you remember that one joke you told? Tell that one again. And that just sounds awful. But just to talk to them more about the life. Um, one of my favorite people in the entire world, good, good, good friend, is Roy Wood Jr., uh, who was on The Daily Show for a long time and is now leaving that and going on to his next thing. But he's a wonderful guy. And when you get him just talking about life, it's it's fascinating. You know, it just he's he's got one of those minds that will analyze everything and do it in a way that you never thought. Yeah. And and chances are with a comedian, if you do what you're talking about, where you're just talking with them, chances are they're going to be a funny person anyway. Yes. Yeah. You know, even if they're not doing material, they've still got some pretty good material there. Absolutely. Uh, well, we, we do actually have some news and things to talk about. <laughs> you can distract it, but, you know, it's okay. It's, uh, I love it when the show just kind of takes on a life of its own. So we'll get into some of that with Wink Starrett after the, uh, after the next break and uh, wind up the hour here in just a little bit. John Grayson, Wink Starrett along with you. It is the Midday Show. Jamie Monticelli's vacation continues. Again, she'll be back with us on Monday on the Big broadcast and we'll get uh, all kinds of tales from the road and later on in the day today uh, another good friend pete evick who is the lead guitar player for the brett michaels band he's got a brand new book out this is his second uh and you want to talk about an interesting cat not only is he a, a rock star he's also a, a, a chandelier he makes candles He's got a, an entire candle company what? called Shining Soul that's wonderful. Wow. And has now gone into the barbecue sauce business. So, I love it. <laughs> so all that and more coming up a little bit later on with Pete Evick uh, as we continue on through this Thursday on 98.1 KMBZ. 10.50 now the time as we continue on through the midday show. Wink Starrett in for Jamie Monticelli for this hour. And uh, we were just talking a little bit off the air. So uh, hanging around till noon tomorrow is good for you? Yeah, it works for me. I'll all see right. you. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, we we would love to have you. So we'll get a little. Yeah, we'll 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 do some playing on tomorrow's show. It's a Friday. We'll head into a weekend and uh, and just have a good time for the first couple hours of the show. And after that, it'll all go downhill uh, as soon as he leaves. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's like, why am I listening to this? What's going on here? Uh, a couple of quick things to wind up the hour with. There is a bartender in Ireland, and I, I ran into this one a little bit earlier. I, I will make a confession here on the air that I I do like the occasional beer, but I have never in my life tried a stout. I don't know if you're a stout drinker at all. Never tried one myself. I'm, I've never been brave enough, I guess. I feel like I should. I mean, it, it, how bad could it be, right? People drink them and, and rave about, sure. especially about Guinness. So I just have never, I mean, I know what I like, so I go and I order what I like. But there's now, uh, out of the sun, out of the Irish sun, don't you know, there's an article about this uh, this particular bartender who is growing more and more irritated with you and me, with Americans, because he said whenever they come here, they, they never sit down at the pub and order a Guinness. They order a Guinness with something else in it, like a black and tan, a half and half, a blacksmith, which is half Guinness and half Smittix. It's never just, and he's like, stop messing with it. Just sit down and order a Guinness, will you? I've never heard of even doing that. I mean, 
I, I seriously combining it with something else. I, yeah. I never like a beer mixed drink. I never knew this was a thing. Beer cocktails. Yeah. And and the deal is that uh, it, I had a friend who was a Hall of Fame bartender back in St. Louis uh, who sadly has passed on. Uh, he died. Oh, I don't know, probably about 15 years ago, but a wonderful guy. And he was the one who introduced me to black and tan. I didn't drink it, but uh, it because this specific gravity is different between the two liquids one sits on top of the other so you end up with mm-hmm. a very light colored beer on the bottom and the dark beer up on top because it's less dense and they don't okay. and they don't really mix until you start drinking it and kind of you know shake it up a little bit but it's neat looking so yeah his his deal is he just doesn't want us doing that he says you're drinking guinness wrong so we found yet another thing to ruin for all of the europeans Mm-hmm. Yes, the ugly American strike again. <laughs> so don't remember. I mean, you can do that here and get away with it. But he said what you're really doing is you're ruining two different pints of beer at the same time. If you go to Ireland, d- don't do that. Don't make us look bad. If you don't want a Guinness, just order something else and everything will be fine. Um, it, it, we, we're Now we're getting texts from people on the text line that say, I love a good stout. My son's a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves it. He, you know, he'll do, he likes the, like the chocolate milk stouts and things like that. He gets like really fancy with it, but I don't know if you, getting that filled up off of one beer seems like a bad idea to me. Yeah. That's kind of where I am too. It just seems a little heavier than I would like to uh, in, indulge myself with. Yes. Uh, we also, I ran into this and since you do what you do here every morning, I thought this would probably speak to you as well. Okay. There was an article about uh, about black ice, and it, this was written. It came out of West Virginia, and it was about black ice and why the like you know you always see the signs when wintertime comes. It says bridges ice before roadways. Yes. And it was written in such a way that uh, it, that it was. I mean, it almost sounds like it was written by a kindergarten teacher. Listen to the way the the first piece of this is written. What is black ice? A lot of us have heard of it. Black ice is a really thin layer that accumulates on pavement. It's a very transparent layer of ice because it's water. Water is transparent. And so that transparency does help the ice blend in with the dark pavement, especially at nighttime, during the overnight, into the morning commute. That can make it really hard to see. It's hard to see in daytime as well. (laughs) I'll tell you what that is. I'll tell you right now what that is. I guarantee it. I think we're going the same place. That is someone who was paid by the word to write that article. (laughs) That's actually not what I was thinking. My thought was this was written by AI, that it wasn't a human being's hand involved in that at all. Okay, that could also be the case. I, I like your answer better, though. Yes, somebody's like, "All right, how much am I getting per word? Let me let me never combine one, you know, two sentences into one. We'll make everything its own thing." I just how what, there used to be people who worked in the news industry called editors. Do we have those anymore? Um, I think largely they have been the result of uh, they have. Uh, Gone the way of the budget cut. <laughs> Thankfully, our morning show still has one, which is Shh, don't give him any ideas. <laughs> that's right, which is good news for all involved. And it's why the show runs as smoothly as it does here every day. Uh, also, one quickie about a guy who probably should have known better a year ago. Uh, let me see if I can bring up the, uh, the the article here. There was a gentleman who got into an altercation with his wife during which he was stabbed in the chest. 
This is a couple out of Alabama who are no longer a couple because— Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes? This didn't happen in Florida? No, close. It was Alabama. Mm -hmm. It may have even been L.A., lower Alabama. Um, This is what I like to refer to as, I can't believe it's not Florida. (laughs) That's right. In the booming metropolis of Moulton, uh, this Ashley Latrice Wright. That's uh, Greater Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, okay. She was arrested on Monday in connection with the November 30th death of Carl Dwayne Jones, age 41, her husband. So a year ago, they got into a fight. She stabbed him in the chest. Almost exactly one year to the day. So November 30th was his death. December 1st of last year, a year ago, was the first stabbing. This time she finished the job. I I don't know about you, Wink. Somebody stabs me in the chest. I'm pretty much calling it over at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't consider my romantic prospects to be that great, but uh, <laughs> if if there was an ex of mine who had ever taken a knife to me, that would be the end. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. We'll we'll put the wraps on the hour right there. Uh, Ten to noon tomorrow, Wingster will be joining us. We'll have a good time then. I'm sure music will come up as it always seems to when we get together. And thanks again for being with us, man. Thank you for your time today. Look forward to tomorrow. You got it. We'll see you then. More to come here. John Grayson with you, ninety eight one KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.